Hey, I'm Peter Mudlin, and you are listening to Teacher's Lounge from WNIJ. If this is your first time hearing our show, good news. It's a really simple idea. We've all had teachers in our lives who've inspired us and shaped who we are. And every educator we have on this podcast, whether a teacher, coach, or professor, is nominated by the folks who listen. We want you to be a part of this show. So please do tell us about the educators who've inspired you and the folks in your community who deserve a spotlight. You can email us with your nominations and your story ideas at teacherslounge at niu.edu. This week, sorry teachers, but the students are taking center stage on Teacher's Lounge. It's graduation season, and this year's class of 2023 were freshmen when the pandemic hit. So we talked with four high school seniors about how COVID defined their experience. And then we're gonna bring you a full extended version of a conversation with one of those seniors, Maddox Shockey, the senior class president at Freeport High School. Unless you are in it with us, you don't really understand how much of a mental health toll it actually took and then how much strength and perseverance it took to stay on top of it and get to where we are today graduating. And later on in the show, we've got something else really fun for you. You might remember that Teacher's Lounge is also a monthly radio show that you can catch on the last Friday of every month at 11 a.m. on WNIJ. And that that show features several exclusive segments. Well, one of them is new, and it is our student correspondence. Every episode, every month, we've been following a student group. You know, sports, clubs, and activities are such a vital part of the school experience, we wanted to bring you their stories in real time. And this spring, I got to spend time with the DeKalb High School eSports team during their inaugural season. So we'll get to that later on, but first, let's talk with our four Illinois high school seniors about if they feel like the pandemic defined their high school experience. When the class of 2023 walks across the stage to get their diploma with family and the crowd, it's not a moment they'll take for granted because they saw their friends and siblings miss those moments early in the pandemic. Garrett Pertel and Ryan Dickinson are seniors at Amboy High School. And when they think back to the spring of 2020, freshman year, they think about baseball practice. The season had barely started, and they learned this would be their last practice before a two-week break because of COVID. Pertel says, honestly, everyone was pretty thrilled about the break. I could just remember everybody talking about it, so excited I'd be have two weeks off and then coming back, but then... Yeah, we never came back. He's not alone. Maddox Shockey, the senior class president at Freeport High School, remembers that funny feeling. Then the excitement slowly turning into a loss of hope and then almost dread. In some ways, it feels like yesterday, but it also kind of feels like 10 years ago. Students like Samanak senior Whitney Andrews went from finding their footing in high school to remote learning overnight with her brothers playing music in the other room while she tried to focus in on a Zoom. And so when I had my audio on, everyone just heard the music because I was called on to answer and I was so embarrassed. They all spent time learning remotely and for all four seniors, the most difficult part of that first spring at home was mustering the motivation to even try because schools had instituted a hold harmless where their grades couldn't go down. Maddox remembers silent classes, his friends all with their cameras off while the teacher put up a PowerPoint presentation. I tried to be a camera on guy, but I did have my days where I was like, man, I really don't want to do this today. I tried to participate just to because I knew that by participating, I'd help out the other people in my class. It felt like almost everyone was either on their phone or PlayStation. They were all also just trying to stay connected with their friends. And mental health was and is a struggle for a lot of teenagers. And all the seniors said they thought their schools did a decent job making support staff and resources available. 
they all went back in person at some point during their sophomore year, first in a hybrid schedule and then totally. And now they've been in person for the better half of two years now. It feels normal, but Dickinson says he still feels the impact of the pandemic academically. I feel it like every day in math. It's hard not having like that teacher right there with you. So math, like I was kind of lazy and I would just like take a picture and ask someone for answers instead of trying to learn it. So today I struggle in math more because of it. Overall, they agreed that COVID absolutely defined the first half of their high school experience. And Maddox says the second half has been about picking up the pieces and reclaiming it. The thing that has been most difficult for me has been restoring those relationships that I lost over the pandemic. Just putting myself back out there, not being afraid to be who I am. And I will admit, I've changed during the pandemic, just finding out who I was outside of my own house and bedroom. Dickinson's tried hard to fix some of the not-so-great academic habits he picked up learning from home. This year, I took classes I really enjoyed, and I think it's more of an accomplishment that I finally found it, turned into a much more responsible student. But Pertel says it does feel like there's still a hole. There's still a piece missing. I think we kind of just lost out on, like, some fundamental skills or, like, maybe, like, just learning in general. And there might not be any time or way to really make that up. Andrew says at this point, she's just thankful the pandemic didn't hit during her junior or senior year. I think about like the times I had the past couple years, and that's what I'm excited about. Like I still got to go to prom, I still get to have regular graduation. She had friends and cousins who missed out on the celebrations of high school, like prom and graduation. But they're grateful they'll get to hug their friends and teachers and say goodbye on their own terms. Chucky at Freeport says he's ready to move on to the next chapter, but it's worth reflecting one more time on the unique challenges the class of 2023 faced. Unless you are in it with us, you don't really understand how much of a mental health toll it actually took and then how much strength and perseverance it took to stay on top of it and get to where we are today graduating. Before we dive into a longer conversation with Maddox, let's check in with our student correspondents. Again, for the past few months, I've been following the DeKalb High School eSports team's inaugural season. Let's jump right into it. It's the first year the school's had any competitive eSports, and I know, I know, some people might not get it, and they might still get hung up on the word sports or think that video games are inherently childish or something, but eSports is a multi-billion dollar industry. Kids on that DeKalb eSports team can go down the street to Northern Illinois University and get a scholarship to play eSports. They can minor in eSports industry professions. Now, is it just a game? Of course. Are there Mario characters involved? For sure. Are we having fun? Absolutely. But do we want to win? Oh, you better believe it. This is Taryn Sarver. Taryn's on DeKalb High School's Splatoon team. It's a ragtag team. Like, we just randomly got people together that knew how to play the game. We didn't even know if we were good, and we actually got really, really far in the competition, surprisingly. How long does it take when you get everyone together that hasn't really played together before <laughs> to, like, become a team? I was worried about judgment, actually, but everyone's really nice. Surprise! Like, I don't know why I was so worried. <laughs> like, everyone's so nice, and we, we have a lot of fun with it, actually. In Splatoon, teams of three battled with weapons that fire colorful ink. The art style is pretty cartoony, but there is strategy. There are rules to play. I'm mid-range, so I kind of 
stay on higher ground and so there's something called turfing yeah. which is like getting the area right mm -hmm. so that's kind of my job but i do get quite a few kills and then there's called something called the slayer which is getting kills but you die a the lot slayer yeah that's, that's our captain's role yeah the captain's role the slayer the person who has to do the most damage before they inevitably get taken down the team has, like Taryn said, been doing really well. They finished 13th overall last semester in their very first playoffs out of 64 teams. I consider that pretty good, but <laughs> for our little ragtag team. <laughs> but now the expectations for our little ragtag group are a bit higher. Taryn's a little nervous, but they're ready. We are, yeah. Especially since we've gotten a lot more practice and we've kind of gone over comps and we watch like tutorial videos and on call-outs and stuff. But again, more than anything, it's fun. Just watching each other's back, like call-outs and stuff, is really fun because we're all like panicking, but then we win <laughs> and then we celebrate and we're like, because we're really close to our screens. And then when we win, we back up and we put our hands up and it's like really, really fun. But today is not a competition day for the Splatoon team. Today, it's Mario Kart day. You know the game, it's been around forever. You race cars as Mario characters. Sammy is on the Mario Kart team playing today and there are four players on the team and the goal is to finish with a higher cumulative score for your whole team. So sometimes for the squad to win, one player has to take a dive. We try to like scout the other team the first match, and then based on how that goes, we could do lightning farming, which is you have one person go to the back, so eighth, and then they will grab as many boxes as they can. Collect, see if they can find the best items. Yeah, and just completely wipe out the other team. Yeah, lightning farming, making a sacrifice play to lose in order to secure the best items to take out the competition and fuel your teammates on their path to Mario Kart glory. It's a risky move, but we're not here to lose. We tried that uh, last week and we absolutely crushed the other team with it. And now the first match begins. Careful, Ricky has triple red shell. And I told you guys what for ones and not die. They all have red shells. They call out to each other so everyone knows who has which items so they can dodge any friendly fire. The first match, unfortunately, does not go well. Oh my god, I got six. I got seven. Oh, that was such. Oh, it's the map, guys. Guys, it was the map, guys. But then. It's time. I'll lightning farm. The team's gonna pivot. We're gonna try to lightning farm. And guess what? It actually is working really well. Hey, how are you doing over there? Okay. Trust the process. We just trust the process. And, this, <laughs> and now we win. And now we win. But will it be enough to win the match and for the Mario Kart and Splatoon teams to keep up their momentum for a strong playoff push? It is officially playoff time. And depending on the game, high school esports playoffs actually do look pretty different. For example, Mario Kart and Splatoon have online playoffs where they compete remotely against other schools in the Midwest. And that just happened this past week. Now, Lucas is one of the members of the Mario Kart team, but he isn't always. He had to jump in when it was most crucial in the playoffs. So you had to step up in their time of need, really. I did have to step up in their time of need. And you know, I'm not very good. What what people call good, I'm not one of those players. Now Lucas is being a little bit hard on himself there. In his defense, Mario Kart isn't his best game, but they needed someone. They needed him. And if you heard our last esports segment, you know that one strategy our team uses, especially when their backs are against the wall and things aren't going according to plan, is called lightning farming. The idea being that if one of your racers intentionally sits in last place, they sacrifice themselves so they're more likely to find the best items and help the rest of the team win. Well, unfortunately, in these online playoffs, they were not the only team with that idea. 
Let's let Sammy, another member of the Mario Kart team, explain what happened to him. So we were playing first race. We've got easy top one, two, three. So you were starting strong. We were starting real strong. And then they lightning right as I passed the finish line. So we instead of having one, two, three, we have like one, five, six, seven. And we're, we're, we're just down the whole race. We don't come back the entire race. The last two races, we were having a comeback, and they pulled, the, they pulled our fourth lightning, and we're done. We, we, we were done with like 30 points. I mean, it was rough stuff. It really is hard to dig yourself out of that hole. Lucas said they tried lightning farming, but it was just not in the cards this time. We were desperate, so I tried doing the lightning farm. We didn't get any. They won their first playoff matchup and lost the second, ending their online playoff hopes. But... Mario Kart also has in-person playoffs, and for most, if not all of the DeKalb players, it'll be their first time ever playing competitively in an in-person tournament. When we spoke, they were just approaching their in-person sectionals, competing against dozens of Northern Illinois schools in Hoffman Estates. They don't have jerseys yet, but they will next time. And in the meantime, let's hear about how they're feeling before their first in-person competition. Describe how you're feeling, one word. Pressured. Pressure. Okay. What'd you say? And then, Sam, one word. Describe how you're feeling about this weekend. Good. Good. There we go. Hard to get better than that. Unfortunately for our Splatoon team players, there is no in-person tournament. They had their online playoffs, but that's it. They're now officially done the first year of their esports career in the books. And let's hear from one of the players, Taryn Sarver. So last season, I think we only got like two or three so games in, and then we lost. But this time we got five. We got five wins. So you won like five in a in row? In a row. What? And then it's the same school we keep losing against, too. Oh, no, really? Yes. <laughs> five wins in a row. They had a really good run. They did better than last semester, and most of their core team is coming back to be better than ever next year. Got a bit more figured out on like what we need to work on too now. Yeah. What is, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, what is the number one thing where you're like, we got to get better at this to, well, to advance even more? Probably just communication would be our main thing, and like listening to each other, because sometimes we'll like call out and then no one listens and then we die. <laughs> I don't want to bring up a sore subject here. <laughs> At the end there, that was Abby, the team captain. They will both be back next year, ready to compete. Whole season, how did it go? Do you have like one word for how everything went? One word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can go three words if you three want. Three words, so that, that's maybe. Better. Okay. Fun and nervous, I guess. Fun if and I had nervous. A, yeah. I think that sums it up. <laughs> Do you have three words described how you feel like the season went? Fun and exciting. There you go. The Splatoon season may be over, but we'll be back next month to wrap up the entire esports season and find out how in-person sectionals went and if anyone advanced to the state finals. Unfortunately, the DeKalb High School squad did not win in their in-person sectional tournament in Hoffman Estates. And now that the school year is drawing to a close, so is the esports season. Year one is officially in the e-books. So I sat down with the team on the evening of their awards banquet to reflect on theirs and the school's first ever year of competitive esports. Well, for a pilot, it actually went really well. It's just, I wish we could have more players to form more teams, but it, that doesn't mean that this pro program is just going to go away in the, in the few years. It's going to go strong. I can feel it. That's Kevin Hernandez. He's a senior on the Splatoon team. He's graduating, so that means his first high school esports season will also unfortunately be his last. 
I wish this was like around when I was here for my junior year at least. That way I could have two years of doing this. But it's, it is a shame that it happened when it's my last year of high school. It was only the second club he joined during a high school experience significantly disrupted by the pandemic. And he loved the esports team. It's the first time I ever got to do something where I actually felt happy for once. Thankfully, next year he's going to Kishwaukee College, where they do have a thriving esports team he hopes to join. But again, he also has high hopes for the future of his DeKalb High School team, too. I wanted to grow even more to a point where if somebody asks anything about DeKalb High School, they would know that that's the home of the esports team. Taryn is one of Kevin's teammates on the Splatoon team, and they will be returning next year. And they do think that the team is ready to grow. They're going to have official uniforms next year and everything. And this year, they really didn't put tons into promoting the team around the school, you know, just a few flyers. But now, Taryn and the rest of the Splatoon team know exactly how to market esports. Is that their scholarship money if we win? That's right. We don't have to just limit the appeal to, you know, fun of playing with your friends or the glory of a state championship. How about $6,000 in cold, hard esports scholarships? It was funny because at first it was like for fun. And then we actually got like, we placed really well. And we're like, oh, we could have actually like gotten that money. <laughs> next year, next year, that'll be the goal. But when Taryn thinks back about this year, they're really going to think about having fun with their friends and getting to participate in an in-person sectional competition in Hoffman Estates. Taryn took a lot of pictures and got them printed out to really capture the memories. And Sam, another member of the team, is also going to think about the in-person tournament when he reflects on eSports year one. Much, much different. I'd say the environment was a lot more like... I went like a lot more disruptive. Like you had to adapt to it because there was there was like multiple games going on at once. So like there'd be people talking, you had to tune it all out. It was a lot of taking. He's really looking forward to next year too, where they'll hopefully have even more players and even more games available to compete in. Hopefully, the reputation the team has earned in year one, along with you know a little bit of the allure of that esports scholarship money, is able to help recruit a few more players on the team who might not necessarily think of themselves as esports competitors. But everyone plays video games now, so there really shouldn't be a stigma around it. But Sam says there still kind of feels like there is. It's super fun. But I feel like everybody always overlooks it because they're scared, they're too self-conscious of being like made fun of for joining. But Sam and Taryn are quick to reassure that that's not going to happen on the esports team. And also, 85% of teenagers play video games, so they're hardly out of the ordinary. It's actually much more unusual to find a high schooler that doesn't play video games. But regardless, Sam and the rest of the team have their eye on next year, and the aim remains the same. Yeah, the goal is definitely state. That's right. The goal is a state title. And they've got a Discord channel all set up for the summer so they can stay in contact and get better in the offseason. So come next year, whether it's Splatoon or Mario Kart, the DeKalb team, start strong. Again, those were the members of the DeKalb High School eSports team. And congratulations again to them for their first full season and for letting me come by and talk to them and hang out while they all practice and prepare for their eSports tournaments.
All right, now it's time for our full conversation with Maddox Shockey, the senior class president at Freeport High School, on how COVID impacted his high school experience. So are you pretty much done then? Yeah, we're pretty much done. I have one more big quiz to go, and then after that, it's pretty much smooth sailing. There you go. That's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, very good. Very good. But also, also some sadness in there, you know, connections I'm going to miss and things like that. For sure. It's bittersweet. I definitely won't be the 10,000th person to ask you what you're doing after graduation. I'm sure you've got that enough as it is. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. If you want to know, I've, I've answered it 10,000 other times. Why not make it 10,001? So. That's also true. It's just another brick in the wall at this point. So what are you, what are you, what are you planning on? Uh, I'm planning on attending Luther College in northeastern Iowa. It's in a small town called Decorah. Oh, sweet. I'll sweet. be studying physics as of now is what I'm planning on and then also playing baseball while I'm there. So sick. What position? I was a, I was a catcher. Oh, nice. I'm third base. Hot corner. Love it. Love yeah, it. That's I have awesome. a lot of respect for catchers. They get they don't get enough credit. They never do. I haven't played in like 10 years and my knees are still popping every time I oh, squat gosh. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and so like the whole idea of this story is that like, you know, you're, you were, when you were a freshman was when the pandemic started, like at the end of your freshman year, right? Does that feel like uh, yesterday or does that feel like 15 years ago? For me personally, I'd say it feels more like yesterday. Honestly, there's a lot of people that will say that the pandemic took forever. And I will say while we were in the pandemic, yes, I agree that it took forever. It felt like the days were just merging together. But now that it's pretty much over with and we're back to so-called normal, um, I just feel like, yeah, freshman year was yesterday and it just was like a day at home. It it seems like. It's especially like that first, like the first few months, at least to me, I always thought that it kind of felt like like a really weird long weekend, you know, where it's just like, mm-hmm. a, you know, you got a four day weekend, but it just like lasted for five months or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good comparison. But like, so when you think about that time, like especially like that March when it was like school got, I don't know for you guys, it was, I know for a lot of schools, it was like they just postponed spring break or where they were just like, oh, it's going to be two mm-hmm. weeks instead of one week. And no one was really sure how mm-hmm. long it was going to last. Like, were we going to come mm-hmm. back? you know, before the end of the spring or like, what do you, from that time period, like what memories stick out to you? Uh, The biggest one was honestly the excitement of the extended break. Then the (laughs) excitement slowly turning into a loss of hope and then almost dread of just not being able to see people. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for me was that we usually have an end of the year parade where we make a float and everything like that. Right. Right. And then that, the big thing that hit me for that was that it got canceled. And that was like, man, this is really something serious that we're not going to be able to do this year because of the pandemic. And then being told we were going to stay at home the next year. It's just, or part of the next year, I should say. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes you get that float extra mm-hmm. solid this year then when you get yeah. the opportunity no, that, to do that it? was the big thing that was like the turning point for me from the extended break to the we're going to be staying at home was like that just really made it real uh, it just hit me like a wall how long did it last for you to learn remotely i know that some schools had that next fall like the fall of 2020 that they mm-hmm. immediately were doing like a hybrid thing where they were doing half the time in person half the time online some people were totally online for a couple months after that what did it look like for you so like you said the two-week extended spring break right then the end of freshman year was online yeah 
and I believe the first two or three months was online of sophomore year. Then after that, we switched to like a hybrid learning as to where um, two days of the week you would be, or three days of the week you would be online, and then two days of the week you would be in person. And then, um, so we called them A days and B days. So let's say A day on Monday, you're at home that day. B day, you would be in person. And then the C days on Wednesday, everyone would be at home. And then the same thing, A day, B day, Thursday, Friday. Man, I remember yeah. that. And I remember there was a while that I think even on into like that next spring where they were like, there were kids that ended up choosing to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stay completely remote while mm-hmm. people were doing hybrid or in person where there were like classes yep. where, you know, there were some people that were there with you and there were some people that were online. And I heard mm-hmm. from so many teachers at that point were like, this is way harder than just everyone being online. Because yes. you're like having Agreed. to juggle. Agreed. Then you hear then you hear a voice from the speech and you're like, who's there? And no one's there because they're just on the Zoom. And it's like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. How did you yeah, feel yeah. about like the the remote learning? How did you enjoy it? Did you do well with it? Was it a bit more challenging? Like, what was it like for you? Mm-hmm. I'd say adapting to it was much more challenging because you're used to going in person every day, seeing your friends, seeing stuff like that. Then you go to online learning where nobody's really comfortable turning on their camera or nobody really wants to speak up. So then you have these really quiet to silent classes where it's just the teacher putting on a slideshow and going through notes. And then it's just, were you a camera on guy or a camera off guy? I try. I tried to be a camera on guy, but I did have my days where I was like, "Man, I really don't want to do this today." That's fair. Which That's I reasonable. Think, I think yeah, everyone felt that. Um, uh, yeah, so I was a camera on guy. I tried to participate just to because I knew that by participating, I'd help out the other people in my class because then it'd make it a little less dreadful for them. Mm. Um, but then yeah, once we got in our groove it kind of sailed through the rest of the year, then summer. And then, yeah, just sophomore year going back to online. I was, I was hopeful that we wouldn't, but then just going back to online was rough. Was it the classes themselves? Like was obviously like the transition, just getting used to it is, is kind of difficult, mm-hmm. but did you feel like the classes themselves, like did it make it more difficult for you to do well academically or did you find it to be, you know, kind of easy, doable or, did I did find it to I did find it more difficult to do well academically. Yeah. Because like I said, the slideshow, you didn't have that interactivity that you would in a normal classroom. And I think that's what a lot of students thrive on. And that's something that I personally thrive on is that interactivity with the teacher. And then another thing that made it really difficult was that uh, for Freeport High School, the they said that the rest of freshman year you couldn't lower your grade. You could only raise it because they knew everyone would be adapting. Um, And that just made it so hard to have the the drive to get my assignments done when I knew I couldn't fail pretty much. And um, so, yeah, I ended that year with, I I ended up finishing all my assignments, but it was, it was a little rough to get the perseverance to do that. Right. And then like when it got into the next year where in the fall for a little bit, you were still Mm -hmm. remote. Do you feel like it was like a general consensus with like, you know, you and your friends and your, you know, other kids in the class that it was like, this is a bit more difficult academically or did it really depend Mm -hmm. on person to person? I think it could have depended on person to person. For me, it was difficult academically, but I feel like for my friends, a lot of them are 
little bit more introverts, so they were okay doing things on their own and getting their own time to do things. Right. But yeah, um, for me, it's I need that class time to ask questions and do stuff like that. And then just remote learning made it really hard for me to gain the amount of knowledge I would have in person because I couldn't have the real human connection I felt. Right. And so at the same time, obviously, it not only impacts like the you know, day-to-day classes, but like the extracurricular stuff. The, mm-hmm. I imagine that means that like you, that your freshman year, that part of, if not most of your freshman baseball, you probably got canceled, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, actually, we had... We had, I think, two practices, and then right before the third one, we got told that no more baseball this year, and I was devastated. High school baseball had been something I was looking forward to for a long time. Ever since about sixth grade, I was like, man, those high schoolers look so cool. I can't wait to be one of them, and that just got swiped away from us, and that was that was rough. Yeah, and I can only imagine how it was for the people that were you know, seniors then. I'm sure you knew them at mm-hmm. the time. Yep, yep. And having their year taken away from them, I can only imagine what they felt like. Yeah, how did it feel? Because I'd imagine that your soft by the time it got to your sophomore year, especially doing outdoor sports like baseball, that mm-hmm. it was pretty much you were able to do full season at that point, or? Yes. Yeah, so, how our school schedule works in the fall, we have soccer and golf. In the winter, we have you know the indoor sports, and then in the spring, we have uh, women's golf and baseball and softball. Um. I actually got to pick up a new sport in the fall of my sophomore year because they switched the um, soccer season to the spring just because in soccer people are shoulder to shoulder bumping into each other all sure. all the time. So I got to pick up golf in the fall of my sophomore year. So that was that was a really exciting thing for me that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if it weren't for COVID. So a lot of negatives about COVID, but one of the positives I'd say is that I got to pick up some new hobbies. Heck yeah. So how did it feel, especially that sophomore year? And I have to imagine that you probably think about it for the rest of your high school year with baseball of getting the chance to do that, especially having seen like, you know, it being taken away from other people that you knew that has to make baseball season feel even better. Oh my gosh. It just made it that much more special to me having to cherish you know, you're only in high school for four years, and when almost a year of it gets taken away, it really makes you cherish those moments that you do have when you're on the field and with friends and everything like that. Right. You know, so at this point, it probably feels pretty much normal, uh, you know, with, mm-hmm. with, with school. But, like, mm-hmm. how long would you say that you felt the ripple effects, you could feel the impact of the pandemic? And is, is it something that you still, in some way or another, feel the effects of? I'd say not so much anymore, but I'd say I did feel the ripple effects until about the middle to end of junior year. It was just, it took people a long time to start getting back into their social routines, academic routines, excuse me, because when you're, when you're away from people that long, it really becomes hard to make those connections again and form new connections because you're just used to doing everything so independently and then having to work in teams and make new friends and new connections. It's just, it's a difficult thing, at least for me. And I'm assuming for the rest of the student body as well. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like part of the basis of this story too is right. Like that it's in some form or another had an impact on pretty much your whole high school experience. And it Mm -hmm. seems you kind of hope that it doesn't feel like the pandemic, like defined your high school experience, but I'm sure Mm -hmm. in some ways it kind of feels like that. Yes. Um, 
some ways, I would say, it, I don't know about the whole high school experience, but it definitely defined that two, two and a half years. I feel that me and a lot of other students have tried to, you know, push that behind us and at least have a totally normal senior year. And I feel like so far we've done a pretty good job with that. And fingers crossed we're at the home stretch. <laughs> yeah, you've got like two weeks left. Out. My God, I hope yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully nothing jumps out from under the woodwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, COVID yeah. strikes back at the end of the year. That oh would not be gosh. cool. Yeah. Sounds like a Star Wars movie. There you go. But um, le- much less fun. Much less fun. Much, yeah. much less fun. Um, so, yeah, I feel there are a few people that, you know, let's say – or introverted before the pandemic then the COVID just you know really took out all of their want to have social mm-hmm. connections and then even trying to make any sort of friends after that it's just probably very very rough so yeah I feel that a lot of people have tried to put it behind them but there are definitely still people feeling the effects of that right you know I remember at that time especially early on where there were so many people that were like our you know, there's so many kids that, like you said, are having such a hard time with like not only academically, but like mental health stuff and schools mm-hmm. were trying to figure out how to like provide resources to people like, you know, have teachers reach out to people or like have these special like mental health week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like in general your school did a decent job of like providing resources or like mm-hmm. getting extra support for people that needed it? Yes, I feel I feel we did. Um, we have, I believe, because of the pandemic, we actually hired a school therapist along with our school sh- social workers. Right. And I know a lot of schools have instituted mental health days, which we have adopted as well. And um, I just feel like, as far as mental health goes, there have been a lot of strides to just take the extra care to make sure that our students are doing well and feeling healthy and not having those burdens that they need to put on the, themselves unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And just the support for that has been amazing. You can go up to almost any staff member and say, hey, I need to talk to somebody and they'll point you in the right direction. So I feel that at Freeport High School, we have done a good job of that. Sweet. And you know, I've only got a couple more things for you and we'll end off just more general questions for you. I don't know whether it was you know, losing that freshman baseball season or having to try to transition to remote learning early on, what would you say has been the biggest challenge of the last four years for you? And then the thing that you're the most proud of from the last four years? Gotcha. So the thing that has been most difficult for me has been restoring those relationships that I lost over the pandemic just putting myself back out there not being afraid to be who I am. And I will admit I've changed during the pandemic, just all that stuff really weighed on me. And then just really finding out, finding out who I was outside of my own house and bedroom was really who I want. That was the biggest challenge for me, honestly. Then I'd say what I'm most proud of is um, I'd say just keeping up with piling on social or schoolwork. Because it's very easy to get in holes, and I definitely got in quite a few holes, just having to dig myself out assignment by assignment. And I will say the just the resources to help me with that, teachers, my parents helped quite a bit with that, and then just all the support really helped me get through that. Good. Last one is one that I kind of always 
end all my interviews on about like what's something you wish more people knew about but like you know your mm -hmm. class like of people that were in high school during the pandemic people have a, a lot of assumptions about whether it be like oh they they had so much learning loss or they had so many struggles with uh, mental health or they had all these things canceled and just what's something about your class of 2023 that you just wish more people knew about when it comes to like what your last four years have actually been like Mm -hmm. I'd say the one thing I wish more people knew about is just how hard it was for us and how much we had to persevere to get through it. They see, oh, we're stuck at home. Oh, we had to do assignments online. But I feel like unless you are in it with us, you don't really understand how much of a mental health toll it actually took and then how much strength and perseverance it took to stay on top of it and get to where we are today graduating. Right. Again, feels like yesterday, but like you're mm -hmm. two weeks from graduation. You're like, yeah, oh, I guess it has been four it's years. Gone by, gone by like that. All right, man. Well, is there anything else that you want to mention about, you know, your experience, high school, anything like that that we didn't get to? Anything you wanted to say that, that we didn't ask? One thing I just want to say that if you put this on air, I hope everyone knows if you're struggling, talk to somebody and don't be afraid to be who you want to be. If people don't accept you, it's okay. You're not doing it for them. You do it for you. Thanks so much for listening to Teacher's Lounge. And as always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on the show. It's how we get all of our great guests. Send them our way to teacherslounge at niu.edu. And wherever you're in the podcast, please do consider subscribing, leave us a rating, sharing it. It really is the best way to get even more people to listen to the show and get even more perspectives on the show. And you can also subscribe to the Teacher's Lounge newsletter to keep up to date with everything having to do with the show. You can find a link to do that on this episode's webpage over at wnij.org. A big thank you to the Northern Illinois band Kind Ofs for the music you hear each and every episode. A big thank you to Spencer Tritt for our Teacher's Lounge logo and I've been your host Peter Medlin and we'll be back with more Teacher's Lounge very soon. See ya.